0: Okay, we are live. Welcome to Fending Off Financial Crisis, the fourth installment of this series, this live stream series that we have been doing at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries to help you live, learn, and lead through this current COVID crisis. And I know we've had some great participation in the last ones. Before we introduce our panelists for this one and we dive into the conversation, I want to just direct your attention to the other other episodes we're doing in this series and where you can find those. Our last one after this one is going to be Thursday evening, this coming Thursday, April the 9th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. And that one's called Spiritual Deepening Despite Social Distancing. We're bringing on the founder of D Groups and host of the Daily Bible Recap Podcast, Tara Lee Cobble. She's going to join us. She's been on the podcast before. You you all love her. And uh, Aubrey Sampson, who's been a co-host for the podcast, She's an author, speaker, pastor at Renewal Church in Chicago. She's going to be joining us. And then Tyler Tatum, who's an associate lead pastor at New Spring Church in Anderson, South Carolina. They're going to teach us and help us to understand what it looks like to grow in our relationship with Jesus and our intimacy as we're in this season right now. And so you can go, uh, you can participate in that one. You can sign up to uh, be a part of that one. Um, at nothingiswasted.com slash livestream, And while you're there, you can also see the other episodes that we've done and watch those on demand. Our Overcoming Emotional Overwhelm, that one was awesome. Navigating the Mess of Motherhood during Quarantine and Ministering in the Mayhem. All of those have been fantastic. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash live stream to watch those on demand or to participate in the one on Thursday night. Uh, This one is fending off financial crisis, and we're going to definitely talk about finances. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about personal finances, business finances. The point of this is that we want to provide you with biblical encouragement, practical insights, and helpful hints for how to stave off a financial crisis and set yourself up to thrive with both your personal and business finances as you move through this season. I know this season has all of us scratching our heads a little bit when it comes to finances. Uh, Many of you guys have found uh, yourself jobless or on furlough. Um, Some of you guys have found actually that this is a a place where your business is, is beginning to boom because of the opportunities that are coming up. And we want to talk about how to steward this well. The whole point of this is stewarding this season well. So right now you can begin sending in your questions. I'm going to introduce our panelists here or have them introduce themselves. Send in your questions. If you go to the bottom of the screen, of your um, live streams uh, window, there's a Q&A button and start sending those questions in now because about 45 minutes or so into this, we're going to uh, answer your questions live. But I decided to assemble what I consider to be the dream team to talk about finances. And I'm so glad they were able to come and be a part of this with us. And so Anthony, Joe, Oz, welcome. I want to have you guys introduce yourselves. So let's kind of go around the circle. Anthony, why don't we start with you?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Again, bro, thanks so much for having all of us on, man. Appreciate you for taking the time, uh, Davey, to do what you're doing uh, for the kingdom and just for everyone. Uh, but for those of you all watching right now, my name is Anthony O'Neill, based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And I am a uh, Ramsey personality, national best-selling author and speaker. Some of y'all are probably asking yourself, I get the other two, but what's a Ramsey personality? <laughs> um, <laughs> a Ramsey personality comes from uh, my mentor, my boss, Dave Ramsey. I'm on his speakers group. And we take the message of hope, finances, and just really becoming debt-free and building wealth out to the community. And so about maybe 18, 19 years ago, I was a young kid, just graduated high school, grew up in a very strong Church of God in Christ home, Uh, knew everything from the word and how to go to school, but nothing about life, nothing about money. And so when I got into college, racked up about $35,000 worth of debt in a matter of six months, Uh, did something crazy in school, and I lost my scholarship, got kicked out of my apartment because I lost my job. My parents were like, yo, hey, since you think you're a grown man, go deal with that. And uh, all of my friends left me hanging. And so by the time I'm 19 years old, I'm homeless, sleeping in the back of my car, and I have nowhere to go. And so I hit a low point in my life. And uh, that was 18, about 18-something years ago. And so today, um, I am on a mission to help young people, not just young people, but all people, avoid debt, uh, build wealth and to be able to do what they want to do when they want to do. I'm 35 years old today, single man, so y'all pray for me. I'm single. <laughs> I'm going through all this by myself in this big old house, but I was able to build my dream home here in Nashville. I'm able to pur- purchase my dream car, but the biggest dream of mine is that I'm able to actually travel around the world, uh, helping young people become a good steward of not just their finances, but their number one asset, which is their mind.
0: That's great. That's great. Anthony was on episode twenty-four of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, so you can go listen to kind of a, a longer version of his story. Right there, it's an incredible episode, incredible interview. But Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. Joe, why don't you go next?
2: Yeah, my name is Joe Sangle, and I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, just south of there in the cornfields. And I know Davey's there uh, as we're broadcasting. I ended up going to Purdue University, studying engineering. Uh, got a two point six four GPA. Get fired up and. And tens of thousands of dollars of student loan debt. I got a credit card uh, because I wanted the free stuff and I started using it. And so I ended up with thousands of dollars of credit card debt, ended up financing a brand new car, even finance a sales tax. Uh, that's that's a problem. If you finance a sales tax on the car, it's a real <laughs> problem. And I ended up financing a truck, getting married, financing the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica. And then bought a house and then financed the furniture 24 months, same as cash. And just had a moment where I just said, I'm 28. I'm broke. This is horrible. It invites all these other things like anxiety and fighting in marriage about money. And and really just said, I'm going to do something about this. And through God's word, through Dave Ramsey, through Larry Burkett and some other great financial mentors, uh, we got debt-free in 14 months, became debt-free, including our house at age 38. And really started a ministry, traveling the earth, really, teaching personal financial principles from God's word. Subsequently purchased a organization that Dr. John Maxwell founded to help churches with capital campaigns in Joy Stewardship Solutions. And I'm just passionate about helping people win with their money God's way so that they can live a fully funded life doing exactly what they've been put on earth to do. I've I've been able to have five books published, and it's just been an amazing thing uh, to watch what God has done. So honored to be here today. Thanks, Davey.
0: It's awesome. Well, Joe, you were my first uh, personal finance mentor and uh, guru when I went on staff at uh, New Spring Church right out of college. And so if it wasn't for you, and then if it wasn't for Dave Ramsey and the principles that, uh, that he taught us uh, later on, we, we would be in a really bad situation too. Thankful, thankfully, um, we're in situations where we're thriving, we're able to give generously um, out of the abundance. And so thank you guys, both of you guys for being on. And Oz... Uh, You know you're gonna you're gonna be on our podcast. We're releasing an interview in a couple of weeks. Really excited to have you on with this uh, live stream episode as well. And so why don't you introduce yourself?
3: Well, great to be with all of you guys and all of you out there that are listening. You know, um, I had an ad agency uh, in Atlanta. I grew up in South Carolina, but uh, lived in Atlanta since uh, 1980. Had an ad agency for 12 years in Atlanta, but in 1994. Uh, my uh, Joseph Pitt came along where I lost a a half million dollars through a Bernie Madoff type of scam. And my wife left me and uh, my business went down to zero. And so life went from one place to a whole nother place within three months. That would usher me into a seven-year season. But during that seven years, God began to rebuild and help me see uh, some things that I needed to see. And he birthed Uh, what I do today, which is called Marketplace Leaders, and we equip men and women to see their work as a calling and a ministry. And uh, I've been able to equip leaders in 26 countries and just finished my 20th book and uh, write a daily email devotional called TGIF, Today God is First, that goes to about 105 countries. And so uh, I, I have a passion to help men and women really see their uh calling through the workplace and i also understand what many people are facing right now with the crisis they're walking through with the financial and so uh seven years after my adversity started um i had a windfall of money that allowed me to pay off all my debts and become debt free and so we all have a common theme here that we want to be debt free (laughs) and live in freedom
0: that's great well guys. Super honored to have you guys on. We're going to dive into some of this conversation, some of the questions I prepared for us. And then, uh, again, you can click that little button at the bottom of your window to submit your own questions. We'd love to hear your questions, be able to answer these live here in just a few minutes. But before we dive into some of the practical side, I'd love to hear from you guys on, uh, obviously, this has shaken up the economy, and it's shaken up all of our nerves because of it, too. Um. What do you think this is going to do to our economy, uh, both in the short term and the long term? I'm just going to throw it out there for any any of you guys to kind of give us, as you've been looking at the lay of the landscape, give us your opinion on this. I might have to call somebody out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
2: go. Uh, I I really believe that short-term, obviously, the economy, the best definition that I've heard or word to use describe it is that the economy is in suspended animation.
1: Hmm.
2: I mean, that's just (laughs) kind of where it's at. It's just somebody's pressed the pause button, and we got a little power coming, a little bit of food, but everything's just kind of pressed pause. And because of the CARES Act, uh, businesses, $349 billion is being pumped into small businesses, uh, there, every family is going to get $1,200 per individual and $500 per child. Uh, president Trump today, as I was preparing for this was watching a live meeting with him and secretary Mnuchin and the bankers. And he literally said that they're expecting this Thursday and Friday, that Thursday, the Senate's going to pass an amendment to that bill to add more money. Cause they're going to run through that 349 billion. They're asking for a couple hundred billion extra. Uh, so, they're going to do everything they can until they completely run out of money to make sure that people are held healthy financially yeah. and on the employment ranks. And that as they start opening up the economy, people have cash in their pockets as individuals, and that individuals uh, have been able to keep their jobs. And those that are unemployment are actually helped, kept whole financially. So, I really believe we're going to have a dip, probably a 10% dip in the economy, maybe 15%. Uh, In the short term, I'm defining the short term as 12 months. Mm. And I think you look 13 months from now, we're going to have a cure and we are going to have a vaccine and life will be back as to what it was. And I believe, you know, the average bear market has taken 14 and a half months to recover. Mm. And so, you know, this is extraordinary times, but we're resilient people and Americans were actually healthiest that they've ever been financially. So that allows them to recover more swiftly. That's Mm. my thoughts. I'll pitch it to Anthony.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you know, I I agree with Joe. You know, I I think that the best word that he said is we're on a pause. We're not stopping. Uh, I think my biggest fear right now on the economy side for the civilian side is people are jumping out there in fear and removing their 401ks, pulling their money out of their investment accounts. You guys, listen to what Joe just said. We are on a pause right now. Uh, We are still strong. Um, People are saying we're in a money crisis. No, we're not. I believe we're in a crisis of confidence. You know, we're not confident that we're going to get out of this. Um, and when we get out of this, we will be stronger. We're learning a lot during this season. Uh, the economy is hurting. But just last week, uh, the stocks from Tuesday to Thursday were actually at a good number. Uh, and so I'm just excited because while we're looking at the facts, yes, the facts is it sucks. It's hurting right now. Uh, but i also see the future. That we're going to come out of this on top. So we're not really in a money crisis right now. We're just in a crisis of confidence, and I'm Mm -hmm. confident that we're we're going to get out of this. That's great. I I think
3: that whenever we go through something like this, uh, you you need to deal with the fear factor. But if you can deal with the fear factor and get past that, it's huge opportunity. You know, if uh, you know there, it's like Black Friday. You know, there's the opportunity to have great wealth from this situation is there. Uh, you need to talk to your own financial advisor about that. I'm not your advisor. But uh, you know, whenever things like this happen, we need to be looking for where the opportunities are because you. there are plenty of them rather than looking at all the negative that's around us. Look at what the opportunities are. And, uh, you know, different industries do well in this time period, and some don't. We obviously know the ones that don't. But it's uh, important for us to look for the opportunities. And, you know, it, it reminds me of, um, you know, in the Old Testament, Elisha was dealing with a, a widow who uh, was really destitute. And he tells he says, what's in your hand? Mm. And uh, she says, what do you mean what's in my hand? And he says, well, uh, do you have any oil lamps? And so he tells her to go fill the oil lamps in her house and even borrow other oil lamps from her neighbors. And he does a supernatural miracle by allowing that oil to be filled up until she had no more. And then she went and sold it. It's a time for us to really think outside the box and think, what do I have in my hand right now if I'm in that place of, of real leanness and and uh, difficulty.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, you know, um, I know Anthony, you and Joe, particularly. Uh, I've heard many things that what Ramsey Solutions teaches, Joe, what you and your, you know, I was broke now I'm not. What you guys espouse when it comes to personal finances and the principles that guide our decision making on personal finances. Can you guys, either one of you guys, really? Because um, it it lines up, you know, pretty closely. Uh, can you guys just go ahead and give us kind of, you know, if this was a normal situation, this is what we would teach you to do with your finances. This is the, you know, baby steps or the different. And and then I, I would like once we kind of lay that out there, I'd like to ask the question, does any of that
1: change mm. because of this crisis? Mm.
0: So either Joe, uh, Anthony, either one of you guys, if you want to take that.
1: You know, here at Ramsey Solutions, everyone knows we have seven baby steps that we teach throughout the world. And these are the seven baby steps that I follow. Um, And they're very quickly because I don't want to take much time. I want Joe to chime in as well. Uh, But, you know, the very first three, you do these in the same order, in an exact order. Number one, set aside a thousand dollars for an emergency fund. Number two, get out of debt, pay off all of your debt, excluding your mortgage, um, using a debt snowball. And then number three is you're going to set aside three to six months of your expenses uh, for emergencies. And then we go into baby steps four through seven, which you can do all at one time, which you invest 15% of your household income into like a 401k, a Roth IRA, or any any kind of retirement account. Baby set number five is save, uh, about invest into a 529 for your kid's college fund. Baby set number six is pay off your house, be weird, uh, so you can be completely debt-free, and the baby step number seven, which is my favorite, uh, which is just build wealth and just be the best generous person uh, that you can be. And so that's the basic of what I teach if these were the general times. So mm-hmm. I'll let Joe chime in, then I can say where I believe we need to kind of change some things, uh, especially around COVID-19.
2: Yeah, and so our, ours is very similar. Obviously, uh, we we kind of have... Four four areas, six words give, save, invest, plan the rest. So give, save, invest, plan the rest. That's kind of the lifestyle. And so, you know, there's a lot of verses you can use. We use Proverbs 3 9 for giving, you know, honor the Lord with with your crops, with the first fruits of all your harvest. And uh, then the save is margin. Proverbs 21 20 says, the wise in the house of the wise are stores of choice, food, and olive oil. What fools gulp theirs down. So you got to save, invest. Proverbs 13 11. Uh, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And so it's an investing principle. And then uh, plan the rest. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Mm. And so that that is how you should live. Every time you are blessed with any income, give some, save some, invest some, plan the rest, use it prudently, recognizing that God owns it all. Mm.
0: And so- oh. It's, right now, yeah, yeah. Does, it, does any of that change right now? Well,
2: I think, I think it changes based upon the, the impact to the individual family. Okay. So if a person is in the healthcare industry and their job, they've got hours out for days, or they're in a business that is serving this, or they're at the food industry in, the, in these grocery stores, good grief. Uh, you know, they don't see any impact to their incomes right. right now. So I would say put the coals to it and climb up. You know, we call a ladder, Dave calls it the baby steps. Uh, climb up to living that fully funded life. Whatever your next step is, attack that one aggressively. But if you see a real and present danger to your income, I would just say uh, margin, margin, margin. Uh, you know, you can go back down to minimum payments on your debt payments right now. Go to margin, margin, margin. Right now, most banks will allow a deferment for three months for mortgage payments. They'll just put them to the end of the the term. It's like a restructuring of the mortgage without even asking. You can just call ask for it, they'll do it. It's not like a forbearance. Uh, student loans have been put out all the way to September 30th. And so people, no interest is occurring for federally backed student loans. That's important. They're not private student loans. For, for federally backed loans, no payments are due, uh, no interest for six months. And so do what you can to make sure that you can build margins so that you can thrive through a down period. Anthony, what would you say
1: to that? Man, I'm echoing everything you're saying, Joe. I'm loving this, man. I, it's not often I can agree with most financial advisors. I'm going to be weird.
0: <laughs> That's why I brought you guys on together. <laughs> you know, uh,
1: but everything he's saying, you know, and what I would say is this, uh, definitely, right? Margin, 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 cut down to the bare minimums. And we call the bare minimums your four walls. Just take care of your get some food. You got to eat. Make sure your lights and utilities are still on. Uh, take care of your, your roof over your head, your mortgage or your apartment, and make sure that you have some gas in the car. Um, one thing I do like about uh, what Joe said, I also want to just add something to it, is there's a difference between a forbearance and a deferment. Deferment, like you said, goes to the end of your loan. Um, but I always teach if you, have, if you have your income still coming in right now during this crisis moment, go ahead and just take care of this because I want you to get out of debt as quickly as possible. But if I'm hearing some people out there saying, well, I'm doing a forbearance plan. But that is, that is unwise. That is not a good move. Uh, because when I called in to make my mortgage payment the first of this month, they tried to sell me on a forbearance plan. And I was like, no, I got this money. I'm good. I got my emergency funds. But I asked them for more information. And for people watching right now, a forbearance plan is not the ideal situation. Because just, it just means I'm going to be patient for you to pay me. So I'm going to give you three months. But on that at the end of that forbearance plan, you got to give me all three months plus the current month in one lump sum. Hmm. So for an example, if your mortgage payment is... Uh, $2,000, that means you got to pay $8,000 in one lump sum. If it's $1,000, you got to pay $4,000 in one lump sum. And so what we're teaching here is take care of your four walls. If you have the money, whether this is from your job or whether this is from your unemployment check, whether this is from the stimulus check that's coming, take care of those four things mandatory. Don't worry about paying any bills right now. Stack as much cash as you can if you were foreloaded or you don't have an income. But I also agree with Joe. If you still have an income coming in and you are still moving forward with your job, the plan doesn't change for me, okay? Keep attacking it, especially if you got student loans. If you got student loans right now and that's your last thing on your debt payments and right now there's no interest for six months, I'm getting excited. I'm, I'm cutting off Netflix. I'm I'm cutting off any girlfriend or boyfriend and I'm throwing all the money on this debt Uh, because take advantage of this free interest time right now. So the basic thing is this, if you have income coming in, keep the plan. If you lose your, uh, if you've lost your job, if you've been furloughed, go ahead and cover your four laws.
0: That's great. I think one of the biggest things that, um, you know, someone might be sitting there thinking, because I know Joe, what I heard you say is the first thing that you do is, uh, you, you think about any money that I come in that comes in, I give. Yeah. And that might be the first temptation that somebody okay. has to pause or to step back from yep. it, no matter their situation, whether they, you know, have been furloughed or they're on un- unemployment or, or whether they have things are going well, but just out of fear, they're like, wait a minute, yep. I need to self-preserve. And how, what would you guys say to that? As far as, yep. um, you know, biblically speaking, especially this is for everybody. What would you say about what we should do in, in regards to our giving?
2: And I love that question, Davey. And I, I also want to hear Oz's thoughts on this, but here, here's what I know. This will end. How do you want to be known for how you acted during this? Mm-hmm. Christ followers do not hoard, including toilet paper. Share. <laughs> I read in the book of second Corinthians when, the, when Paul's writing the church in Corinth about sharing, he's talking about generosity. He says, so it, having all things, in all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Mm-hmm. And through you, your generosity will result not in thanksgiving to us, but the thanksgiving to God and others will praise God because of your generosity. Mm-hmm. And so what I know is it amplifies this thing that says, hey, I made a commitment to the Lord that you own it all. Mm-hmm. You are first. And if you, choose me to, if you choose to bless me with anything— I'm always going to remember this is yours Hmm. and I will give and cut off the Netflix. If that's what it requires, Hmm. I will give and cut off the direct TV. I will give and cut off, you know, buying anything through a drive-through. I'm going to give before anything, because it is a fundamental part of my life that I am going to be a giver. I think it's the heart of every person really is that we have, we have the heart, of our our creator. We're created in the image of God, and he's the greatest giver ever. And so, Oz, what would you say to that?
3: You know, um, money has a a funny way of exposing things in our lives, either good or bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I recall back in the 90s when I went through that severe crisis, I realized that uh, a lot of fear of lack uh, came into my Mm -hmm. life that Mm -hmm. was already there. And uh, so God dealt with that fear of lack in a way that uh, allowed me to get past it. And one of the ways was actually losing my money. <laughs> it, it helped me get free of that fear wow. to be able to discover for the first time the faithfulness of God. When God says he's Jehovah Jireh, you know, he can be trusted. And, you know, wasn't it good of God? to come up with this creative idea called manna when he was taking the people through the wilderness, because they had no ability to make a living. Mm. And in many ways, some people are forced with that right now between the time that they get their checks. I was watching uh, 60 minutes this week and they were talking, they were profiling people who were, had only a month worth of income. They were living, Mm. you know, basically paycheck to paycheck. So if that, you know, happens to be you, um, then God's going to stretch you through that to discover the manna of God. And sometimes we have to look at, you know, what's in our hand, what do we need to do differently, what uh, adjustments have to be made in order to get us to the next place. And, uh, you know, it was a wonderful time for me back then, where I was able to see the the provision of God in very unusual ways from people giving me resources to God opening a door for a consulting yeah. job to, you know, just a, a number of ways that I saw the reality of God that was my provider. Mm-hmm. And so instead of fearing this season, look for it, uh, anticipation to see God work in unusual ways.
0: That's great. I know there's two things my wife and I have been thinking about in terms of our finances that this has caused an awareness of for us. One, we've been asking the question, who can we help? You know, we're in a situation where our finances are okay. Thank the Lord. So who can we help? This is an opportunity for us to give generously to someone else and be that kind of medium for a miracle in someone else's life, right? The second is this has caused an increasing awareness of why it's important for us to have margin. Mm why it's important for us to have, you know, three to six months. And in my, in my line of work as a speaker, and I know you guys feel the same way to have probably more on that six month end because you never know when this kind of stuff is going to happen and you're going to need to be able to um, live off of that. And so that's what's really caused an increase of awareness for us. So I love what you guys are saying when it comes to giving because as a as a former local pastor, and I know I want to be an advocate for the non-for-profits and the the churches. Um, right now, this is a time where the church can step up and be the church as long as the church, people who the people who are the church, continue to give and continue to support the mission of the church. So this is great. Um, let's talk about different situations. Go ahead, Oz. I'm sorry.
3: Well, I was just going to make a, an observation. You know, back uh, when I paid off my house, one of the first things I did is I actually took an equity line out on my house. Hmm. And the purpose for that was for a major, major crisis. I, I would, as far as i concern, concerned, I'm never going to use it unless I got in a situation where I just got wiped out and, you know, that there was a depression and, you know, just things got so bad. So my prayer is that I'll never use that, but it's better to have it now instead of trying to have it when you really need it. Mm. So if you're able to do that, that's a just another little tool to use for a crisis that might hit you. That's
0: good. So let's take a couple of these situations that people might find themselves in. And I want to talk finances, but I also also want to talk mindset, right? Be our coach for a second. If I found myself unemployed right now, what should my mindset, my approach to the day be? What should I do financially, practically? Yes, absolutely. But what should my mindset be?
3: I think the first thing is not to project the future. Most people, when they get into a crisis, they begin to fear, oh, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to lose my house. Mm -hmm. Or if this doesn't happen, this is going to happen. And so the devil wants to come in through that door and create self-doubt, doubt about God's provision, doubt about all these different things that could happen. And I just encourage people, take it, one moment at a time one hour at a time one day at a time and don't try to figure it out all at one time but just take it slow and uh just and then that might mean for you to get past the fear that you've got to really you know press into the lord you got to spend more time in the word you got to spend more time praying and uh, just allowing god to minister to you in that place because he know it's not a surprise where you are, mm. uh, he knows about that, and so it's all about us getting in alignment with what God wants to do through the crisis. Because yeah. you know He is He He loves solving problems. You know, there's not, never been a problem that God hadn't already solved. He's just waiting for us to tap into the solution.
1: Mm. You know, great. I think one of the things for me that I'm I'm speaking from a a mental perspective is to speak what I seek, not what I see and mm. so one of the things that I believe that during this season i 'm going to speak entrepreneurship i 'm going to speak creativity um, i'm going to speak uh, financial freedom because here's my thing. if I serve the creator, that means that I can be creative and mm. if I am creative i 'm going to speak creativity uh, in ideas um, in dreams and goals, and so for during this time. Let's focus on what we can control, not what we can't control. Let's speak what we seek when we get out of this, not what CNN, not yeah. what we see on Fox and Friends, but let's speak uh, what we know God has put over for us. He said at the end of all this, it has to benefit him. And so for me, I'm focusing on that. And so when it comes to the practical tip, um, and I'll let Joe speak to the financial end of it, um, is just to make sure that you're building your business. One of my good friends, he's, mm-hmm. he taught me this. One of my best friends, uh, Pastor Weston, he said, mind your business. And he said, the reason why you're going to mind your business is because our mind is our business. It's our number one asset in the world. Mm-hmm. And so what we put up here will come out of here. What we speak out, our hands and our feet follows. So during this season, while we're on quarantine, uh, speak what you seek. If you want to be the doctor, what are you learning? What are you consuming during this time? If you want to be financially free, what books are you reading? Are you reading Joe's book? Are you reading my book? Are you reading Dave Ramsey's book? Or are you watching Netflix and just filling yep. your eyes with a bunch of you know TV shows? So from the practical end, that's what I recommend. Uh, Joe, what would you recommend from the uh, financial end?
2: Well, I, I'm still reeling from that statement, speak what I seek, not what I see. I love it so much. I'm going to I'm gonna write that down and give you credit at least the first five times I say it. Uh, (laughs) But here's what I know. That is the truth. You know, sometimes God is calling, he's been calling people to go do something new, a new season for years. And they just won't do it because of the fear factor of Mm. what about my income? What about this? What about that? And eventually God will just punt people out of the nest. Mm. You know, some mama birds, they just kick the baby out of the nest. They will not leave unless they get punted. And so I would just say, instead of saying, I remember Representative Elijah Cummings, uh, who just passed away uh, out of Baltimore City. He said an incredible statement one day in Congress. He said, I told my children as they grew up when things happened to them, not to say, why did this happen to me? But why did this happen for me?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And he said, that changes your whole perspective in the dynamic. So I would just say to each of you, if you've just lost your job, you've been furloughed, let's take the practical financial steps. Go file for unemployment. I know the system will crash 71 times. I know that. And here's why. In the Great Recession of 2008-9, the most number of people who were laid off in a week was 700,000. Two weeks ago, 3.3 million were laid off in a week. Last week, 6.6 million additional. 10 million people. This is a monumental proportions. Go file for unemployment. Make sure you cover those four walls as Anthony shared. But then start seeking the Lord. Uh, he mentioned instead of reading Netflix, uh, watching Netflix, yeah, how crazy is it that we know every character of the office? Come on, man. Yet we don't know the status of our investments. Yeah. How crazy is it that we know all of our favorite players in fantasy football and we can't tell somebody how a basic budget works and we can't find 10 minutes to sit down with our spouse and figure out how to make income minus outgo equal exactly zero. Ooh, ooh. And so I just tell everybody, Use this as a learning opportunity. You've been begging God to slow down. You've been begging God that life would slow down. You've been begging God for more time on your hands, more time with your children, more time with your family. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you've got it. Go make great things of it so that when you point back to this incredible time, you look back and say this was life transforming. It was a transformative event. It's where I met God. I got closest to God. I'll never forget Dave Ramsey said, "I knew God on the way on the way up, yep. but I got to know him on the way down." Yeah.
0: Love it. Love yeah.
2: it. I'm sorry I had to start preaching. Hey
0: Amen. man, you can always rely on Joe Sengel to bring the preach. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Joe, I got it. I'm sending you an offering, man. I'm sending you an offering.
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's so great. Um so Let's talk a little bit of this kind of the tactical of the financial right now. One of the things that I think is really pressing on a lot of people is investments. They've been investing in their retirement, they've been investing in other things. There's lots of different types of investment real estate investment, business investment, all kinds of different things. Let's talk about those things right now. What should we be doing as far as with the stock market doing kind of what it's doing, this roller coaster? Should we push pause on these things? In what situations? Should we push pause on on investing? What types of investing should we continue? What types should we be pausing? Let's talk all things investment right now.
1: You know, the very first thing I'm telling you right now, don't touch your investments. There's two type of uh, analogies when it comes to investments. You have paper and you have reality. And so for right now, we see our stocks going down on paper, but the moment we withdraw it, it becomes real in reality. Mm -hmm. And so right now, if you do any kind of investment, that's going to happen. I mean, you're just going to be on a roller coaster and, and investments is for long term. It's not for short term. And so one thing that I'm, I'm telling everyone uh, is to, you know what, just sit tight, you know, um, call your financial advisor. I talk to mine once a week just to see, hey, because I'm looking for ways because of my financial status, what can I buy cheaper right now as far as in what can I invest into more because I just have that capital to do it. But for others... may be fearful like i need to pull my money out uh because i'm losing money you haven't lost nothing because it's on paper and over time you're going to gain that back and one of my not one of my mentors but mentor dave Ramsey said you know what he believes it's going to come back even stronger and if we keep our money in there it's going to be even better and both of my financial advisors are telling me that so number one uh, do not touch your investments uh number two is when it comes to, like, people are saying 401K, should I stop investing into my 401K? Mm -hmm. Um, If you lost your job, you've already stopped. So (laughs) that's there. But if you haven't lost your job, do not stop. It is our responsibility, our younger selves, to take care of our older selves. Do not operate off of fear. In Mm -hmm. a time of fear, my good friend Dr. D says, facts are our best friends. If -hmm. you study the past... Uh, when things happen at the recession, the stock market turned great and people made a lot of money. So I'm not going to operate out of my emotions. I'm going to operate out of facts and I'm going to keep my money there. And for those of you all who pull it out, I'm going to laugh at you next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Anything you guys want to add
0: to that?
2: I I would add to it really quickly that uh, number one, when it comes to investing, if you have that job, you're buying at really low prices yes. relative to what it was just two months ago. Yes. And if you continue to invest as you receive income, that does something called dollar cost averaging. Mm-hmm. And that has been a proven method for building wealth for the vast majority of people. That's how they built wealth. Uh, you cannot time the market. Mm-hmm. People with more degrees than a thermometer try to time the market. They've compared them to a guppy blowing bubbles in an aquarium on when to choose a stock. The guppies win about 50% of the time <laughs> because timing the market is basically a statistically impossibility, uh, but dollar cost averaging wins over time. Yeah, so yeah. do that. And then I have a rule. This is a Joe Sangle rule. This is not a Bible rule other than Proverbs 15, says plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. On, we on. are some of those advisors. Now you can, you can vote whether or not you feel like that's worthwhile. Proverbs four seven says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Though mm-hmm. it costs all you have, get understanding. So here's Joe Sengel's rule. It's called the five-year rule. If you think you need the money in the next five years, that should never be invested in the first place. Mm-hmm. Because the market can go up and down in short-term periods. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't need the money in the next five years, it, you have this thing called inflation. And you do need to take risk with your money so that it will grow and be able to keep pace and beat inflation on the long haul. So I always keep things in the five-year rule. A quick way I've applied it. My daughter, when she became a a freshman in high school, she was within five years of college. So we called her 529 college savings plan and moved one year's tuition to safe mode. Her sophomore year, another year, junior year, another year, senior year, another year. So when she went to college two years ago, we had four years with a college in safe mode. She's completing her second year of college. Guess what? I still have two years in safe mode. Yeah, and man. I am so glad I did that because, you know, for a couple of years, I lost out on some growth from some of that money. Lost out. Today, I'm looking like a genius. <laughs> so, I would just say that five-year rule, maybe five years is a different number for you. Choose your number. I use it based on facts. Facts are your friends. 97% of any five year period of the stock market has made money. Yes. A hundred percent of ten year periods. I'll go with the 97%. That's why I chose five years.
0: That's fantastic. Um
2: I think another so,
3: factor is yeah, go for it, your, your, your age, you know, based on your age uh, is how you manage your risk factor. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to have, you know, money over here that is untouchable. It's our safe house to, in case something goes wrong. Then you've got another pocket that maybe is somewhere in between. And then you should have some that's your risk money, money that you you could actually afford to lose if you didn't make the right choices. But you also have the opportunity to really do well if that investment, which is higher risk, comes out for you. So it's all about, you know, talking to your advisor and, and taking into account how old you are, if you're at retirement age, then you're going to, you know, consider being much more conservative, uh, to, because you don't want to risk that much. But, uh, I found that myself, I, I got too conservative too early because I'm going to live a lot longer than what I thought I was. <laughs> so, um, you know, so talk to your advisor in that.
1: Yeah. And That's David, great. one thing I want to say too, um, one of my friends is watching and he just texted me and he said, hey bro, should I choose, should I pull out money from my emergency fund to invest? No, mm-hmm. your, your emergency fund is not made for investment. We don't know how long this is going to last. So if you have that three to six months and you're like, yo, how do I go get the stocks right now while they're still cheap? No, keep your money, okay? <laughs> keep that money in the bank for emergencies. But I also agree with Oz that if you are um, at a certain age, you should have a certain kind of money where you can go and invest that is risky. But right now, your your emergency funds, isn't, that's not something you want I, to
2: pay. I would say to your friend, Anthony, he's getting ready to get a, stimu- a check mm-hmm. from the government as part of the CARES Act. That money, if he's fully funded his
1: emergency fund, could, could be opportunity money for that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Opportunity money or money that can go towards your debt if you're still in debt. debt. Yeah, if he's yeah. still paying off debt. Absolutely. Just go up that ladder the baby steps. There you go. And your I like your four things too, bro. We all winning over here. <laughs> I love it. Well, um,
0: so I want to get to our Q and a here in a second, before we do that, I want to transition to business, but I, I want to get to Q and a pretty quickly. Cause Anthony's got to jump off the, the boss man called a all company meeting. When Dave Ramsey calls a meeting, you got to go. So he's got to be off here in about 15 or minutes or so, but a couple of business questions. I really want to focus Joe, you and Oz on uh, as you guys work with business leaders and, and your own organizations and teams, um, what should a, a, a small business owner, a, uh, a business leader right now who's having to handle the finances of the business, what are some things that they should be thinking through, some action steps they should be taking right now? Now, obviously, we're probably two weeks yeah. late on even giving this advice, but yeah. it's better late than never.
2: Number one, they should go apply for the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program Loan. It's a completely forgivable loan. You can find out more information at sba.gov or you can go to covid.church slash cares and you can find all the information about it and it will help you understand that you can get uh, two and a half times your payroll. And that will be a loan. Generally secretary Mnuchin said that his dream is you apply in the morning, you get the money that night. That is not happening right now, no. but it will be there soon yeah. and you will get that money. And as long as you maintain your payroll and people make at least 75% of what they were making and you maintain your headcount for the next eight weeks, That loan will be completely forgiven. And so that's the first thing you should do as a business owner. Second thing is you should have a cash flow plan and you need to write down your assumptions and you need to look out 12 months in advance, month by month by month, if necessary, week by week and say, booked revenue, what are we seeing with trends? Document your assumptions and make sure that you have a plan for all the cash the government's gonna assist you with, with the PPP. And also, with the margin you had, those are the first two steps I would take if I was a business leader.
0: Joe, can you uh, say that website again? We'll obviously yeah, put that I'll, on I'll our resources. It in there
2: in the side
3: window, of awesome.
2: answers.
0: Fantastic.
3: Um, also, a second loan you can awesome. get called the emergency fund. That's you right. can get ten thousand dollars immediately. An
2: economic injury disaster loan grant for ten thousand dollars. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And And uh, you know they are kind of been stumbling through this. I applied this with my bank. They finally got their act together. Uh, The uh, application went through. We're expecting that it would be funded within three days. We'll see if that happens. But it's a tremendous opportunity for you. And uh, so take advantage of everything. So
2: Let's be real clear, too. This is for any business owner, including nonprofits, faith-based organizations, and independent contractors. Right. So if you're an independent contractor, a so-called gig worker you do graphic design, and you only run 1099 business, you are also eligible and you can begin applying this Friday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, up to two and a half times your payroll. That includes health insurance premiums, retirement contributions. Uh, Those can be included in that contribution of your payroll. As
3: well as rent and utilities.
2: That's on the forgiveness side. It's not on the payroll protection loan side.
0: Right, Mm -hmm. right. Okay, and we'll put some. We'll put that information too in the email that we send out as a follow up for these resources and stuff. That that's fantastic, very helpful for business organizational uh, leaders. Um, let's get to some of these questions because Anthony, I know you got to jump off here in a little bit. Um, a couple of these that we have, and, and if you're wanting to ask a question, go to the bottom of your window right there, press Q and A, and type the question in right there. Uh, a couple investment questions that we've gotten. Um, This person says, and I think we've kind of addressed it, but let's go ahead and to answer this question. I don't anticipate losing my job. Should I stop retirement contributions and stock up on cash in the middle of this crisis? So obviously they're not asking to pull this out. They're just asking, should we stop the contributions and just kind of load up on cash? What would you guys say to that? If you're advising.
1: Um, If their job, if their job and their income is not stopping, then they're not stopping uh, their contributions to their future. So, Uh, No, continue investing. I suggest invest 15% of your income into a 401k or a Roth IRA. And so right now, if your job is stable and you don't see it happening in the foreseeable future um, and your income is still coming in, keep investing. And you would say that
0: that's with the caveat that you do already have a three to six month emergency fund.
1: Absolutely. If you do have a three to six month emergency fund, yes, keep uh, keep investing. Yeah.
0: If you have not found yourself, if you do not have a three to six month emergency fund right now, I would say now's the time to definitely stock up on that cash and make sure that you do because you never know what could happen with your job. But Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Um, uh, Anthony, this is probably a great question for you too. Uh, I'm not as well versed in this, but you're, you're like the student loan guy. Someone asked, how much interest is, is it typical on government student loans? Obviously, Joe, you enlightened to us, and that was great information. I didn't know that, that up to September 30th yeah. right now, there's zero interest. But what is typical on government student loans?
1: The government student loan right now is at 4.5%. And uh, just yesterday, I released a quick read called uh, Destroy Your Student Loan Debt, uh, where I literally teach people how to attack their student loan debt. When is the right time? Uh, to refinance loans. Not everyone should be refinancing uh, their student loans. So I explained that. Um, I am the proponent of, I do not agree with uh, the student loan forgiveness plan out there, which is why I kind of echo and say, I do not agree with taking out a business loan because the government told us that they will cancel student loans, but have already denied 100,000 people. So anything that comes from the White House, I'm very, very skeptical on them saying this will be forgiven uh, because the past has shown us it hasn't. So um, I recommend uh, that you attack it, the debt yourself and you go after it. So in this quick read, I really break it all down to how we can take control of our finances, how we can pay the debt. Uh, but the average rate is 4.5. And if you have student loans that are lasting your debt snowball right now to pay off, uh, go after it right now. This is not a time to get comfortable. It's not a time to get lazy. This is a time to where, hey, if you still got your income coming in, Cut off and do anything, everything that you can to attack these student loans. Because when they come back, that interest will be there. And right now, we're seeing it's taking on average uh, 15 to 20 years for some people to pay them back. Uh, yep. But we're seeing even all the way down to the minorities, it's taking them up to 40 years uh, to pay those student loans back. So uh, let's attack it now. Wow. And I just
2: want to echo that because if you don't get serious now, Another crisis is going to show up, yeah. and another one will. They ju- they're they cyclical. And at which crisis are you going to be able to enter it saying, I'm in a cash-flush, margin-rich margin environment to where I am the one that can take advantage of all the opportunities. I can dump an extra into investments. You know, which crisis will it be if it's not this one where the entire world economy stops?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, question also about investments. Uh, a couple of people have asked, should I max out my Roth IRA right now or keep doing the monthly installments as I had planned? Is this the time to go ahead and just max it out? Or what would you say on that dollar cost average?
2: It's a, a great fine. question. Uh, I will tell you what I've personally done. I have maxed it out. I put all the money into the Roth IRA, but I have not invested all of that money. Because I, you don't have to invest it when you put it in your Roth, you can keep it in cash in the Roth. And so I'm taking advantage of dollar cost averaging over the course of several weeks, which is going to stretch out to three or four months because I don't know when the bottom is. Uh, And maybe that has already happened. Maybe not. Uh, But you can move the money into the Roth right now. One of the benefits of a Roth is you can wait all the way till April 15th of next year to contribute. And so, I would just encourage you to think about, you know, if you have the ability to do it, move the money in there, but don't try to time it. Move it in over time, taking advantage of dollar cost averaging.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, great. I'm, I, yeah, I'm gonna echo him. Um, the key thing for anyone uh, is just to uh, call, call a financial advisor. He said it earlier, get wisdom. And so uh, these guys are in, are in the numbers every single day, every minute, they know what's happening. And so they'll tell you when's the best time uh, to invest it, or when you should not invest it. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm doing. I, I have a conference call with my two guys uh, every Monday at 8. AM. And so I'm just asking them like, Hey, where are we? What can I do? How can I invest more? I um, mean, I have invested some already. And so just get a wise financial advisor. Mm-hmm. You can go to uh, Dave Ramsey.com and see one there as well.
0: That's great. Um, okay. This one uh Jaleel says, hello, my name is Jaleel and I'm a 17 year old high school senior. I don't have any debts and I have a job. So I was wondering how much should I save at my age and how should I invest it? Because I'm not old enough for the stock market and my job doesn't have a 401k.
2: What a great question. Yeah. So Jaleel, I would just tell you this, uh, you're getting wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we state a fact That is not a fact. And the fact that you stated that is not a fact is you say you're not old enough for the stock market. Uh, You have a job. You can invest in a Roth IRA. Uh, Now, it will be with a guardian uh, in it right now until you turn age 18. But my daughter started traveling with me selling books off the product table. (laughs) And I paid her a dollar a book per sold. And it was kind of embarrassing when she would say, dad, you owe me $201. Uh, But that was earned income. And so she started a Roth IRA. And so I encourage you with uh, your parent to open up an IRA. Uh, You can start it uh, with Schwab.com today or any other of the major providers or Robinhood. And you can start investing some money today. So to answer your two questions, how much should you have saved? Hey, start with the baby step of a thousand bucks. Start there. That's a huge amount. That's more than most 35-year-olds have saved
0: up.
2: <laughs> 40% of Americans going into this crisis from the treasury could not handle an unexpected financial event of $400. Yeah. So if you have 1000 bucks, Jaleel, you're going to be winning. And then you can start investing. And what I will tell you is, until you start investing, you won't pay attention or learn much about it. Mm. Because this fact that Jesus shares in Matthew 621, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's something about when your money transfers into an investment, you suddenly start paying attention to it Mm -hmm. and it allows you to start learning at a deeper level because you can't disconnect your heart from it. So Jaleel, congratulations. You have a job. You've got the ability to save and you can start investing. You are on your way to being a very wealthy person soon in life.
1: I mean, I agree with everything Joe said. I mean, she's going to be a multimillionaire before she even hits 45 with that mindset. I mean, that was just a phenomenal question uh, from this young lady. So I, I take my heads off to her. I will add one thing, and this is what I tell young people as I'm going into high schools and colleges um, often, um, is the number one investment you can make is into yourself. Mm-hmm. And so while I think a lot of young people get excited because they want to make a lot of money, uh, the number one investment you can make is into your mind, and into your education. And so if you're going to school, you know that for sure, start saving some money to go towards your college education to make sure that you graduate from college debt-free. Now, if you get into college debt-free and you're investing a hundred dollars a month into the Roth IRA, like Joe talks about, uh, by the time you turn 55, 60, you're looking at a couple of million dollars invested well, because you're going to be investing more into that. Uh, But I just want to make sure that I added that in there that, Hey, the best investment you can make is into yourself. Following that, Get on that. Get on. I mean, get it on right now to I the Roth IRA. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I'm going to ask a couple more questions. Here's how we'll approach this. Anthony, you can jump off whenever you need to. I know you've got to be prompt. So whenever you need to, you just sign off and answer some of these questions if you're able to. When Anthony jumps off, we'll move into a little bit more discussion if, Oz, you and Joe have a little bit of time. And we'll talk some more business, marketplace, leadership, stuff like that. Um, but a couple more questions here. Uh, Anna asked if we have some money to invest, would you invest directly into the S&P or fully fund your Roth for 2021?
1: For me, I'm going to fully fund my, uh, and I'm going to say this one, then I'll jump off. I'm going to fully fund my Roth, my Roth IRA. That's where I'm going to go. Um, and then I'm going to talk to my financial advisors. I don't have a problem with the S&P 500. Uh, but you know, I'm going to, uh, fully fund my Roth.
2: If, if you, it depends on the point of the money. If that investment is for something 15 years from now, but way before retirement, then the s 500 type of thing, so you don't have tax penalties. But if it's for retirement, Roth
1: IRA, 100% of the way. Absolutely. I agree. Hey, man, great cool. connecting with you all. Joe, Oz. Absolutely. Thank you all. Thank you, Anthony. Doing. Love you, bro. All right, now. Love you, too.
0: Um, all right. So uh, let me, let's me let talk a little bit of... Um, Small businesses, business leadership. You know, Joe. I know you lead a team and an organization. Oz, you're helping to coach and consult with. You have your own team, but you also are helping business leaders, marketplace leaders all over the country right now. Um, what are some things that you guys are doing right now to uh, to lead your team in this crisis? And what are you what are you helping these Oz? What are you helping these business leaders? uh, the mindset that they need to be having in order to lead their teams. Let's, let's kind of talk leadership a little bit in addressing the, the specific needs of your team when it comes to this crisis.
3: Well, I have a small organization. that's just three of us, but we also have an organization called change agent master mentor. Um, the website for that is com, And, uh, we have uh, members in that and so we do uh, monthly mentoring calls and training calls on there as well as we do a prayer call and it's all about having community. It it appears uh, we're getting very good response to people engaging now more than ever because people have the time at home. They're not as pressed with their time and uh, so we're uh, bringing to light some of the courses on our site. We have a 54 courses on our site Hmm. and uh, making them aware of the courses that are best suited for them to be looking at right now that's going to help them in this transition. Uh, I did a course called the Joseph Calling. Um, uh, We actually did a webinar uh, on the Joseph Calling, the josephcalling.com, and that's a 45-minute free webinar, and it talks about, you know, what do we do when a crisis hits us? What do we learn from the life of Joseph that we can apply to our businesses and personal lives in navigating these difficult seasons? And um, I wrote a whole book on that topic called The Joseph Calling. Mm-hmm. And um, so we just try to um, be sensitive about what, where the market is, where people, what is it they're faced with right now and trying to help them gain wisdom from what the scriptures say about situations like this because there's nothing new under the sun you know it's been we've all been there done that at some level but it's i mean when have any of us been in a place where the entire economy got shut down yeah. i mean that's unheard of yeah. so it's it's waters we've never experienced before yeah.
0: yeah that's great joe how are you guys as a team pivoting i know you've got a, a staff yeah. that you're leading and
3: yeah, we've got, we got seven
2: organizations, three of them with employees, 21 employees. And so we've been, we've been uh, well, socially isolated. Everybody's working on Zoom. We use Zoom all the time, so it's not a foreign thing for us. About uh, two-thirds of our staff is remote working anyhow. Their offices are the places that they serve and travel to. So the first thing that we did is we have a cash flow plan. We keep it updated. We look out 24 months in advance, month by month. So the first thing that we did is write down all of our assumptions, what we believe to be true. Uh, and then we challenged those assessments, but we write them down. We wrote them down so that we can remember. I'm telling you, a week right now is literally infinity. Yeah. Uh, so we want to make sure we document what we were thinking at that moment, the changes we made. And we made some assumptions. And then we actually, I actually just called the whole team together and communicated it to them. And I told them, uh, uh, literally uh, the second week of March, I told them, hey, this is what we see. These are the adjustments we have to make. Uh, And and then we told them, these are the assumptions we're making. And then what we did is we pivoted. We actually saw this as an opportunity for great innovation, opportunity to expand portions of our business. We have an online giving platform called Give Enjoy Giving Solutions. And we know a lot of nonprofits have been reticent to leverage online giving. So we've actually been able to more than quintuple our business that business, in the face of this crisis by being very fast and expedient, setting up a giving page in a day, calling and helping them make it happen. And it's just been a lifeblood for so many of these organizations to start the flow of revenue again so they're not waiting for that check to show up. And then the other thing that we did is we got the team together and said, how can we serve all of our clients differently? Mm. And so this CARES Act came about. And so I literally spent an entire weekend reading it putting together a webinar and you know, zoom can handle different levels based on what you pay. And we ended up with over 7,000 pastors and church leaders and business leaders signing up. We only could accommodate 3000. It turns out zoom allowed us to have (laughs) 3035. That page has been hit over and downloaded 60,000 times. Wow. And I look at our team and say, you know, what do we want to be known for during this time of crisis? We wanna be there for them. And I got this amazing uh, email from St. David's Episcopal Church uh, last night that said, we were first in line because you guys equipped us. We would eventually got there, but because you equipped us, we were first in line and we've already received approval for our loan. Wow. So, I mean, that's just extraordinary. And he said, what's crazy is we have a school and we had a letter drafted telling the teachers we weren't gonna be able to honor their contract for the rest of the year. But because this happened, we're able to honor the contract. We were able to shred that paper. And really, that is a conversation happening in millions of small businesses and nonprofits and organizations. And so I just say to every single organization, people that are leading, uh, think about how you can serve the people you normally get paid to serve. Yeah. Because here's the thing. This won't last forever. And people will remember. They may not remember what you said. But as a famous statement. It says they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yeah. So Go just put the serving towel on that arm. How can I serve you today? And I've told our team show up with one thing that'll help them. Have it in mind. Have it written down. I want to help you with this today. And then ask the question, how can I help you?
0: Mm. And if we do that, we're going to win long term. That's great. That's great. Let me ask you guys one more question. Then we'll get to these last couple of questions that we've left hanging from other, uh, from attendees. Um, But you know, Oz, I think you'd have some great insight into this, Joe. I think you also would have some great insight into this, but um, Oz, I know that kind of as you were experiencing the major crisis in your life, you talk about this in your, in the couple of books that I've read of yours, the upside of adversity, the Joseph calling, there are some principles that you learned to put in place in your life and in your business and your, you know, in your family that can help you become kind of uh, uh, recession proof or crisis proof, or, you know, obviously nobody's immune to crisis, but there, there are different ways that we're able to walk through those crises and walk through those valleys because of certain principles that are overarching for our lives. What are some of those principles you guys have learned in previous crises that have helped you to, uh, copy and paste into this one right here,
3: well, I think relationships are are very high uh, high value that uh, so many times when we are under stress, we uh, some of those relationships can be stressed, so it's being having a heightened sense of awareness of what people are feeling, what they 're going through, uh, how can we serve someone you know a lot of times these crises. Reveal things in our lives that are actually childhood wounds that come surfacing during a crisis. So, being aware of that and trying to understand that with the people we're working with can help. And especially if you're married, you can have those dynamics going on in your relationship there that, you know, financial pressure is one of the biggest stressors on a marriage that you can Mm -hmm. have. And so, you know, just being aware of that 's very important, and so I think the other thing is being intentional mm-hmm. uh and being intentional about um, you know serving other people, being intentional about putting money aside in your household finances, being intentional about really you know connecting with your spouse and your kids uh, at this time. And uh, just getting talking through things uh, is very important with what uh, what's going on in the world right now. And so that you can kind of, you know, bring that level of anxiety down the more that you're you're willing to engage with others. That that wasn't a strong suit for me for many years. So I had to learn it the hard way. (laughs) That's
0: great. Joe, would you add to that? Well, that was, that was really good. I think mm-hmm. at the
2: moment, it, you realize that all you really have in life are those relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew up in Indiana, and there's a famous, famous writer, songwriter, singer, uh, Bill Gaither. <laughs> uh, is from Indiana. Alexander, Anderson, Indiana. Indiana. yeah, Anderson, Indiana is where he went to school. And he, he said a statement, and he wrote a song about it. He said, you can't have any new old friends. Hmm. And so I think it's the power of building relationships that last a lifetime. And you can't have new old friends. Yeah. And it is in these moments that you can call on those old friends who have been through the previous crisis, 2008 and 2009. Those have been through 2001 and 2002. Those friends that you've gone the distance with. And so I would just encourage everybody, you know, recognize what's most important. This is really the stripping away of everything except for the essentials of life. Mm. Many people's idol has been taken away through sports. There isn't a single – I saw the national stone skipping competition on ESPN. They're skipping stones on Lake Michigan from three years ago. And I'm like, we've definitely – we we are at the bottom of the barrel here. (laughs) But here's what I know. You cannot have new old friends. And so the power of relationships. And so I would just encourage people, jump on Zoom. Connect with your Mm. friends. Use FaceTime. Uh, connect with your friends. Ask them how they're doing. Check on your neighbor. And, and through, the, through the course of all of this, uh, I think at the end of the day, we're going to remember uh, how, how our friends helped us through it, how our family uh, managed through it. Yeah. It's, it's really an amazing thing.
0: That's great. That's great. One of the things that we say often, and nothing is wasted, is that these situations that look like interruptions to our story or interruptions to our life are actually invitations from God into an even greater story. If we could look at them through the proper lens, if we can see Romans 828, is actually true that God's going to use this and turn it around for our good and for his glory. And so, you know, we're still trying to figure things out. We're learning a lot from guys like, you know, you, Joe, and Oz and all these guys who are doing a great job leading organizations and pivoting to serve people and show up in the world. But I can attest in our own ministry, our own organization um, the time that we have right now, this space and this margin, uh, it, it, we we've got some projects that we've been putting on the back burner that the world needs, and we continually have put them on the back burner because my speaking schedule has been so booked. I mean, April and May were slammed, and then it got completely cleared. And the Lord said, "Now's the time," That's it. because because when this is over, you're gonna have to show up and serve the world with these projects that have been on your heart. And I downloaded them, you know, it was a divine providential download from the Lord. He's saying, you got to get this done. And so I think it's really important for all of us to look at these situations and go, what is God inviting us into? What are these opportunities that we need to seize and grab, whether it be relationally or familially or vocationally, uh, in order to um, show up when this thing does lift and serve the world? So... Guys, let's ask, let's answer a couple of these other questions, and then I'll let you guys go. I know you guys are busy, and I appreciate the time that you have given us. Uh, Tiffany asks, are CDs a valid investment at this time?
2: They're always a valid savings vehicle. They are not an investment. Uh, they pay almost no interest. You will not keep pace with inflation. Great question. Good. Uh, but they're for savings, and there is a difference between saving and investing. Saving is for safekeeping investing is risk with hopes of a return.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, someone asked, uh, is it possible to save this, this episode because they jumped on late? Yes, absolutely. In fact, you'll be able to watch this on demand. Uh, so we'll have that nothingiswasted.com slash live And we are also going to put this entire series up in about a week on our podcast as well. So you can watch it on demand, nothingiswasted.com slash live or in about a week, you can go and listen to the entire series on our podcast. Uh, the last question is, is, if I wanted to have a personal benevolence fund to personally help folks during this time. Man, I love this question. How does a person or church know who would be the right person to bless financially? Some people may have lost their jobs and some are able to apply for unemployment. So it's really the discernment factor. What, you know, how do we discern who the right person to, to give generously to? What do you Are guys they have talking
3: about doing it through their church or individually.
0: So it sounds like a I think we can analogy. approach it. Yeah, it sounds like it, it's more individually, but this might also be. It says, "How does a person or church know who would be the right person yeah. to bless financially?" So it sounds like more. It's the from the seat of the decision maker, yeah, who is choosing to give these funds to somebody. Yep. So whether it's a pastor or a business owner or a person who is just personally going to give. How do you guys go through that decision-making process of who do we choose? Cause you can't give it to everybody. So who do we choose? It's such good a good question.
3: I've never given a great deal of thought to that, but uh, it sounds like it's got to be very personally driven by that individual, oh. of mm-hmm. just discernment, having discernment about, you know, what the Lord is leading as it relates to helping a person.
2: I would say to that individual, uh, You can start by going to the area of your community, your town that has a lot of working class poor. That's what I call the working Mm. poor that they work, but man, whatever their job is, the wages barely keep them in a house, keep them in housing. And I would just say, if you wanted just a great place to start, start with grocery gift cards and just knock Mm. on doors and leave them in an envelope and leave the door. Yeah, uh, I I I had a remarkable experience earlier this week. Uh, I was in an area of town that's like that. And I encountered a school bus that made me stop. You know, they had the arm out. And I was like, what is a school bus doing since all of our kids are out of school? And I noticed a car was there almost like they're there to drop off their kids on the school bus. And a a boy who's about the age of my boy got out. And he looked a lot like my boy. And His dad got out with him and Mm. the school bus driver and two other people were on the bus, two other adults, and they handed them two bags of groceries. Wow. And we forget how many people that, that the way their kids get fed is by going to school. They have breakfast at school. They have lunch at school. And this kid looked super excited to have a bag of groceries in his arm when he got in that car. Yeah. And I sat there and I said, you know, many of us are in the position of this person where we have frustrations and interruptions to our life. You know, our vacation for spring break is canceled, whatever. There are people literally who are wondering, can I eat today? Mm. And so that, that, that I would say, start there. Uh, and you could start at your local food pantry, say, who, who are the families that I could bless? They know, they know who those families are. Those people who are already on the edge, start there and just serve. And I, I heard it said by many, I've heard Andy Stanley say it. So I'll credit with him do for one what you wish
0: you could do for everyone. You'll never regret it. That's great. That's so good. I know we've had to wrestle with this personally as well as we're trying to, you know, we're seeing needs and wanting to meet those needs. And I would say, don't underestimate the providential hand of God to bring a need to the forefront of your eyes. Yes. So if he brings that need in front of you, it's probably because he's wanting you to step up and meet that need. And God God is amazing how he works as a, when we become a conduit for his resources, when we steward his resources, that he continues to bless as we are, are blessing other Abraham, right? He was blessed to be a blessing. So when we see a need, we meet a need, then God continues to um, pour out his blessing on that. That's what we've discovered in our own life, that we can't outgive God in that sense. So as long as you're taking care of your four walls and your family is taken care of, and you are. Uh, um, you know, secure and stable in that, and you're giving then out of your abundance, uh, the extra that God has, has blessed you with. Then I'm not sure you can go wrong. I don't think you're going to stand in front of Jesus and he's going to uh, he's going to shake his his head at you or wag his finger at you because you were too generous. Mm, that's because these are kingdom principles, right? Generosity is a kingdom thing, and uh, I would rather err on the side of being too generous than on the side of being stingy. So, there you go. Amen. Guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for spending honor. some time with us. Um, I know, Oz, you've typed in some resources over here. Uh, we want to make sure that we resource everybody with, with more things that you, guys are, um, that you guys are producing, that you've put out there. We'll definitely send a follow-up email to everybody with these resources. But uh, yeah, Oz, if you could tell us a few more of the resources that you have. And Joe, why don't you tell us some resources that you can make available to people as well?
3: Yeah, there's uh, three items that people can download for free. All of them are free. Uh, One is uh, an e-booklet called uh, Uh, adversityfaq.com, adversityfaq.com. That's uh, something that I developed over the years when I had people inquiring about various questions on adversity after I wrote my book, Upside of Adversity and the Joseph Calling, Lots of people have questions about navigating adversity. So that's a download. Then the free webinar, the thejosephcalling.com, Josephcalling.com. That's a 45-minute webinar that you can access for free. And uh, that'll also get into the depths of the Joseph story. How does it relate to our modern-day lives? And uh, our devotional, todaygodisfirst.com is an email devotional you can access for free today.
0: Love it, Joe.
2: Yeah, that's great. And, uh, I was broke. Now I'm not is the website they should go to it's six letters of those six words. I W B N I N I W B N I N.com. And they can just see a banner at the top that says COVID-19 or just put a slash COVID-19 and, uh, they will be able to access four videos that I've shot in response to this crisis. How to budget when when facing a financial challenge in a financial emergency, four promises from God that you can take to the bank, uh, 10 financial steps you can take right now. And all of that's absolutely free. Just go to IWBNIN.com and, and click on the link said COVID
0: 19. Fantastic. Joe, you're the only one of these three that we haven't had on the podcast. So we're going to have to remedy that, man. I know we have had
2: to touch down. A way few way I can times. serve you. I want to do it.
0: You know, I was supposed to be down in South Carolina speaking at Clemson FCA and a few other places when this COVID stuff hit. I'll pull off something then, and I was going to try to do something then. We'll just have to do it whenever we we're able to get things rescheduled and stuff. It'd be fun, but guys, I appreciate you guys giving the time. Uh, unfortunately, there's no way for me to log off with everybody else and log off with uh, and then log off with you. So everyone's going to see us awkwardly saying goodbye as we're All logging right. off. But, guys, thank you. Thank you. thank you for the time that you've given for this. Yep. Thank bye, you. bye bye.